الجزيرة بودكاست It's been 20 years since the conflict in Darfur began, but hardly anyone talks about it these days. The violence has killed hundreds of thousands of people and displaced millions more. So will peace ever come to Western Sudan? I'm Tom McRae and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. Okay, well, let's bring in our guests now in Khartoum, El Tagani Sisi, chairman of the National Liberation and Justice Party and a former governor of Darfur State who was involved in negotiations in Doha as the former chairman of the Darfur Regional Authority. Uh, in Doha, Doha Abdul Wahab Al-Afendi, a professor at Doha Institute for Graduate Studies who writes extensively on Sudan. And also in Khartoum, Hafiz Mohammed, Director of Justice for Africa, Sudan. A warm welcome to all three of you. Thank you very much for being on Inside Story today. If I could um, please begin with you, Al Tagani. Do you feel like the world has forgotten Darfur and the conflict that's been going on for the last 20 years? Well, yes, I do feel uh, like so because, I mean, the conflict is still going on. However, I would like to point out that there are three layers of the conflict. Uh, there's an armed conflict between the rebel movements and the government of Sudan. Uh, and then there are tribal conflicts uh, among uh, the various tribes in, in Darfur. And then armed banditry. As far as uh, the conflicts between the armed groups and the government is concerned, I think this is over. I mean, after the signing of the Juba Agreement, most of these rebel movements, they have, uh, they have signed a peace agreement. And they are now in Khartoum. There are, of course, one more uh, rebel group is still... Uh, Abdul Mr. Abdurrahman still uh, has not signed the agreement, uh, but we feel that, as far as the, that is concerned, conflict has exceeded. However, uh, the tribal conflicts continued over the last uh, few few years. In addition to that, and 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 one of the the issues that are causing problems to Darfur nowadays is the banditry. As you know, there is a wide scale of uh, proliferation of, of light weapons in the hands of the people. And this has been one of the, the most uh, uh, important factors that have been causing insecurity in, 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 in Darfur. And, well, I believe that the international community, I mean, UNAMS were there, the international community has invested almost, I mean, an amount between 13 to 15 billion dollars uh, in, that, in that mission. But unfortunately, the, I don't think that UNAMS has uh, achieved that much in, in, in Darfur, had that money been invested. Mm. In, in development, I mean, a lot of things could have changed. Okay. Right now, I don't think that any, there is any focus from the international community on Darfur. It's, well, the focus is more or less on Khartoum and the government of Khartoum, and that's yeah. very unfortunate. Abdul Wahab, is that how you feel as well, that uh, the Darfur is being completely overlooked at this point in time? Yes, I, I think it has always been overlooked. I'm, I'm not, uh, I think, uh, in the... Uh, in the views I have uh, uh, aired, uh, uh, the, this uh, seemingly interest, uh, intense interest in the media, in Darfur, where all celebrities were, uh, say, trying to show to go to Darfur or at least uh, go in the media, uh, it did not actually help the actual people on the ground. Uh, They, uh, there was not uh, really uh, robust peace uh, building. Uh, there was no aid. Uh, there was no attempt to look at the roots of the issue. They were only putting some uh, soldiers, the UNAMID, 
uh, over there who uh, cost quite a lot, uh, but uh, they would themselves were helpless. Uh, so most of the time their cars are carjacked and they cannot even, they go to the police mm. to ask them to find it for them. So yes, and uh, I think the conflict has also, uh, as uh, Dr. Sesi has rightly mentioned, created the transformation in the, uh, in, has undermined uh, tribal relationships. And I think also created uh, not only banditry, but uh, uh, building of militias themselves has become a livelihood mm. uh, approach. So these distortions in the society and in the environment uh, need uh, close attention. Yeah. Hafiz, can you just explain uh, for people that uh, might not know, what is the heart of the issue here? Like after 20 years, it still clearly hasn't been resolved. What, can you just get to the heart of the issue here and explain it for people? Yeah, I think the, the core problems of people are security. And if you look at when the war started in 2002, 2003, these conflicts, we're now back in terms of level of conflicts to 2003 and 2004 in terms of killing displacement. And the other thing, I think what the clear manifestation of the international community abandoned the issue of Darfur, is the withdrawal of the unit without having a credible uh, for peacekeeping of law enforcement agencies in the area. That clear issue that I think, and the other issue is uh, lack of support for the IDPs. And now many people are returning back to the villages uh, so they can work and they cannot because they've been attacked by uh, the same militia, which is start initiated the displacement and the killing in Darfur. And I think that is the problem. I think the international community overlooked and simplified the issue of Darfur and not giving it the, the needed attention uh, to actually address it and resolve it. I think the, under, the underlying cause is still there. Uh, the killing is still there. And we are back to square one. Well, Eltagani, does it feel like you are back at square one? And... and... What do you think is actually going to, you know, solve some of the some of the problems that have, uh, I guess, sprung back to the surface over the last couple of years? No, I don't think that we are we are back to square one. Square one is a very difficult time where we had confrontations between the, the forces of the government uh, supported by the militia against uh, innocent villages and so forth. Uh, well, I think we moved a step uh, a bit, but. There are a lot of ground to, 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 to cover in, in terms of achieving peace in, in, in Darfur. I, mean, I, I believe that, I mean, the fundamental issue, that, the fundamental question that we raise is, is there a political will from the center to resolve the conflict in Darfur? I don't think there is. I mean, in 2016, we have actually come up with a program for disarmament. That program was, was implemented to a very limited stage. The only way to have, uh, I mean, things normalized in, in that world is to withdraw the arms from the hands of the people. I mean, pe I mean, a lot of these people are now. Everybody has uh, arms, and everybody is willing to to to, to attack uh, innocent civilians. To, to to and and that's a dangerous trap. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the, there is a problem as far as the international mm. community is concerned. But at the same time, also, we feel that there are some issues with the central government. Uh, the central government is yet to pay attention uh, to what is going in Darfur, to put an end to, to, to the misery of the people of Darfur. Yeah. Abdul Wahab, I mean, how do you go about disarming so many people in, in, a, in a peaceful and, and secure way? 
I mean, is it even possible? Uh, I, yes, uh, I think uh, uh, Dr. Jair is right in saying that the actual conflict, the original conflict, has now uh, died down. Uh, there is no longer uh, fighting between government forces and uh, rebel movements. Uh, but uh, on hindsight, I think uh, the situation is now much worse than when uh, the rebellion had started. And uh, this might be uh, uh, might uh, uh, indicate that maybe uh, the armed the armed conflict was not the way to go about this. But anyway, that's that's now uh, by gun. Uh, uh, the issue is now. Uh, when when Sudan when this war started, Darfur as a state or as a region was more prosperous than it is now, and Sudan also had more resources uh, than it had now because at that time oil has been found and was uh, uh, was flowing, uh, and and there was some prosperity. Now, uh, the economy of Sudan has uh, collapsed almost. Mm. So there is no way uh, that to go about disarmament or any other thing if you do not have resources. What you need is a plan uh, for uh, to start, should start in Khartoum actually, because now uh, also, as it was said, most of the rebel groups are now in Khartoum. Some of them are, uh, are part of the government. But the government itself is now not functioning uh, at all uh, because there is now the conflict has now gone to the center. So what we probably need is first to reach some consensus on a, a democratic process in Khartoum, in Sudan as a whole. Uh, the international community then should come with some funds uh, designated specifically for uh, uh, resolving the issue in Darfur, uh, returning the displaced people to their uh, to their home, demobilizing the militias, then we will have some some movement. Mm. But at the moment, uh, as I said, bearing arms has become a way of libraries. Yeah, that either the militias are either paid by the government or are paid by uh, by foreign powers, or they go and uh, and and pillage and uh, and rob. Uh, to to live, so this is this situation cannot uh, cannot be sustained. Okay, Hafiz, we just heard that there should be democratic consensus. I mean, what are the chances of that actually happening anytime soon? Yeah, I, I think I believe it is very remote. I'm just responding to one point by Dr. Zidane. I think if you look at all the peace agreement, Abuja, Doha, and and Juba, they also only providing jobs and remunerations for the armed leaders and in circle is not addressing the underlying cause. And, and the problem is the issue, the, the, the crisis is started in Darfur, not because of the armed movement carrying arms against the government, because of the, the lack of security and the government supporting some militia. This is why the armed movement are married, to protect the people. I think not the opposite. That is why I think Khartoum is, is, is the problem, is, is actually actual problem. The other thing is, I don't think all these agreements, in terms, in terms of word and in terms of articles, are good, but never been implemented on the ground. The only part which is being implemented is giving jobs to the leaders of the armed movement and in the circuit. 
not addressing the underlying causes of the problem and also the concern of the people, which is the main security. Therefore, is a rich uh, state. And if we find security, people can actually um, can find enough uh, work to uh, to contribute to the Sudan security. That is why I think what we need to do is we need to address the issue of security and be serious about it. Are we serious now? No. And one of the points which is really show how we are not serious about it, because if you assign for the same element who used to be a gender committing all these crimes to actually be responsible for restoring peace and security, I don't think people are trusting them. Mm. This is why it's wrong to have the rabbit support for responsible from restoring peace and security, because they used to be part of the killing machine of the NCP. I think we need to have a credible force which is being trusted by the people so they can, people can return back and ensure that they are protected. I think that is the point and that is what is really missing and until I don't see any any uh, um, signs that we're going to go back to that point. Okay. El Tagani, do you think that there is uh, the possibility of a democratic election anytime soon? I just allow me to respond uh, to, to what Harvest has just said. Please. I'd like to differ with him. I mean, in order, in order to implement a peace agreement, we need to have people in position. There is no doubt about that. I mean, this is an emotional kind of argument, which some people say, always keep saying, that the arm, the arm uh, leaders, they only run for, for position. If you go back to that, I cannot speak on behalf of the, of the rest, but I, can, but I can speak on behalf of those who have been involved in the Doha Peace Agreement. If you go to that for and you ask people, how many schools we have built, how many health centers we have uh, established, how many police uh, units we have, uh, we, have, we have established, they will tell you. I mean, and there are records on, on, on that. The only reason why that has not been so effectively, uh, or it doesn't appear on the media, simply because of the security situation in the region. Okay, as far as democracy is concerned, I believe, I mean, you know, the country is polarized right now. It is polarized on political basis polarized on regional basis. It is not possible to have a 100% consensus on, on a democratic program to, 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 to implement in the country. But we believe that we can at least have some sort of, uh, I mean, uh, a consensus by, let's say, 60 or 70 or 80% uh, of, of the political parties uh, of, uh, and, 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 and uh, civil society uh, on a program for governing the transitional period. It's not very difficult to, 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 to agree on that. But the way I see it right now is the international community itself is not helping in this respect. They are actually, they would, they, this is my own belief that those who are involved from the international community uh, in, in, in providing support uh, to, to, to the Sudanese uh, uh, to get over over the problem that they are facing now is, in particular, Unitowns. I think they are, they are, they are, they are vast to, to, to certain political groups. Mm. And that, that does not help uh, the, the, the country transform into any kind of dem democratic uh, system. Okay. Can I just go back to the report to add one more dimension? Yeah, quickly, one of please. The most important aspect, yeah, one of the most important issues that's affecting especially in the report is the regional issue. You know what's going on in Libya. I mean, Libya is almost, I mean, there's a fight, fighting going on between various factions in Libya. There are a number of Darfur, uh, uh, Darfur is who are based there, are fighting in Libya. Chad is facing a lot of problems. Uh, Central African Republic uh, does not have, uh, uh, I mean, 
they are not administering the entire Central African region. There is a war going over there. Usually there is, uh, the, I mean, these groups are, they go in and out of Darfur into neighboring uh, countries and, 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 and they bring arms and, and, and they're involved also in banditry within the borders of, of Darfur. So I think the issue of Darfur, in order to be settled, there is a need that the international community should also help, particularly that we now see uh, a Russian-French conflict looming over in mm -hmm. that region, particularly in Central Africa uh, and, and in Chad. And that have a lot of negative effects on security in Darfur. Mm. Abdul Wahab, you touched on it a little earlier um, about the international interests, and I think in 2006 it was when George Clooney uh, went to Darfur and uh, I guess put the, the conflict on the world stage. Do you think that that actually helped or hindered um, because it seems like the, the situation didn't get much better in the years after that, did it? Uh, I, I, I personally think it has hindered uh, for many reasons because uh, people became uh, focused on what is happening in Hollywood or in Washington and uh, uh, even the people on Darfur were uh, actually elated by this and thought that the cavalry is going to come and the Americans are going to uh, send the troops in, uh, do what they did in Iraq and remove Bashir and then uh, put the, the, those people in power. That's why they think fantasy. And uh, uh, I would add that um, uh, maybe uh, in a little bit different with Hafiz, that in fact, yes, uh, the, the military option taken by the rebellion had uh, had enhanced the insecurity, enhanced the poverty and destruction uh, of the people. Yes, of course, we blame the, the regime for having uh, overreacted. But the rebel movements themselves, uh, as uh, Tijani has said, uh, they, uh, they have also uh, committed atrocities. Mm sometimes against their own members by uh, infighting. Uh, they have uh, also fragmented into uh, uh, smaller and smaller uh, tribal and clan uh, movements, and this is still a, an issue. And uh, now, regarding uh, the, the issue in Khartoum, I think uh, the, the people who are blocking consensus are a minority, even in Khartoum, the, the hardliners, uh, in, uh, in and the freedom and, and cage movement uh, have been uh, always, there has been a kind of uh, outbidding with extremism. And we, uh, as, uh, as observers, have told them from the, uh, in writing in the early period, that this extremism is going to lead to uh, more damage and destruction. And they are now uh, themselves suffering from that uh, they are the ones who supported uh, the rapid defense uh, forces, and, and, and they are the ones who supported al-Burhan, uh, and they are the ones who, uh, who have uh, refused to have consensus, a, a broader consensus. Now they, they, uh, they cannot. Now the international okay. community is not going to help Sudan if Sudan doesn't help itself. Mm. They have to be a, a democratic government, and they have to be some 
some positive uh, interaction between the people of Sudan for the international community to come in. Mm. Hafiz, I know you've worked um, extensively with humanitarian groups and uh, on human and civil rights. On a humanitarian level, what do the people, those displaced people, need now from, from within Sudan but also from the international community? I think uh, the people, they need support in terms of relief, but this is not an option. I think, as I said earlier, that 40 people are hard workers. What they need is security. And also addressing the issue of new settlers in, in many lands, which actually displacing uh, you know, the indigenous group within that area. That part of the security, that needs to be addressed so people can go back to their villages and then work. And then they will need very little support so they can rebuild their life and work again. But I think that, but that is not the priority, actually. Uh, uh, we, we know, of the government or even the armed movement, which are part of Juba Peace Agreement. It's not part, because we clearly, from what they are doing now, I, we do, I don't think that is a, their priority. And I think, I understand that, you know, uh, people cannot rely on relief forever. I think that have to stop because the international community will have a fatigue from actually keeping paying. But what we need is to restore peace and security for this, for people to go back. And I totally agree with the Ghanistis, is disarming of, uh, of all the militias is, 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 is have, have to happen. Otherwise, we will not have peace and security. I think that that is a problem. But peace and security is, is, is prerequisite for stability, for, uh, you know, not only for Sudan, but even regionally. And then Sudan will end, will become actual contributor instead of actually uh, in the receiving end of uh, relief and aids continuously. We can put mm -hmm. our offer to rebuild, not also to destroy. El Tagani, just before uh, we have to go, I mean, people power has changed things before. Is, do you think that that is the only way to make lasting change uh, from here on out? Well, I think, I mean, but let me just answer the question that you earlier earlier flagged on on the international uh, on the mm, effect of okay. the international community i mean there are two tracks i mean the adverse groups and the humanitarian group and i do believe i, I agree with the corrupter half that the adversary group have failed abysmally they have in fact encouraged the sudanese government uh, to increase the pressure on 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 on, on, on the civilians in darfur and, and 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 their intervention was so bad uh, that it has affected the work of the humanitarian uh, groups. As far as uh, the, the situation in Darfur is concerned, priority number one is to enable the refugees and the IDPs to go back to their areas of origin. And that could only happen if there's a serious disarmament of people, in uh, 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 a disarmament program in Darfur. Without disarmament program, there is no way that we can normalize things in Darfur. And the issue that we are, I'm very much concerned with is, I mean, the government can do that. Why the, it doesn't want to do that is a question that we need to, 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 to answer. The government has, uh, they, they, they have the, the combat troops, they have the, 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 the ability to do it, and, 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 and we don't see any, any program of, uh, of the summer in that. Probably, you may probably say, because we don't have a government right now, in, in, we don't have a credible government in, in, in in Khartoum. But that is not an, an, an excuse. Killing is taking place every day, every, every day in Darfur. I have just come back from Darfur, where I was, well, I was there for a month or so, and I visited areas of conflicts where people uh, have lost their lives. I mean, innocent people have lost their life. And by the way, the IDPs now, they, they, I mean, 
aid is not priority number one. They themselves have become uh, producers now. But the question is, when they go back on, in, during the season of uh, rainy season uh, for farming, they are being attacked. Mm. They, are, they are being targeted. And that yeah. is selective targeting. And this is where the government should chip in. And, okay. and, and this arm, uh, the, the, the militia and those who carry uh, weapons beyond the armed forces and the security forces. Okay, unfortunately, we are going to uh, have to leave it there. Thank you uh, to all of our guests Al Tagani, Sisi, Abdul Wahab, Al Effendi, and Hafiz Mohammed. Thank you uh, for being on Inside the Story today. Well, this episode was produced by Mohammed Al Archi, Usama Aloni, Fongi Nguyen, and Jimmy Kedahoon. Studio sound was by Sasha Andreevich. The program was edited by Anil Anadan, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Tuesday for our next episode. Mm-hmm.